Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hope Recovered podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Amy. And I'm Sarah. And today we are going to be talking about something all of us need. Self-care. Yes. Can I get some of that? Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need a little help into that right I, now. You know, I do too. Mm, I would say that most of us do. Yeah. And Amy was just sitting there thinking about the things that she needed to say. And she went, blah, blah, blah. And that's my first thing that I want to say too because I'm like who has time for that right we talk about it but we're all we're all our eyes when it comes to ourselves. yeah no I'll, I'll teach all day on self-care and, and burnout and at the end of the day I'm too tired to do it for myself right yes and that is a dangerous dangerous way to think because we're too tired we're too tired and we're too tired mm-hmm. I mean it's very self-defeating yep. so and and it feels at the moment though like you're okay because you're too tired so you give in to that Mm -hmm. and that feels like self-care maybe sometimes it is it can be but not when it's every day um you know sometimes coming home and turning on tv or playing a video game is self-care because it's relaxing and it's turning my brain off and sometimes i just need a minute for my brain to stop but that's the poor man's version it's not the ideal right because self-care is not distraction says the netflix addict right (laughs) over here (laughs) says the tiktok fall into the hole tiktok animal crossing and stardew valley are my (laughs) go-to farm simulation games yeah all day long yeah i'm not watching intelligent stuff on netflix i can tell y'all so sometimes just distracting ourselves or just not thinking for a little while especially when you do a thinking job you know, mm-hmm. where you are thinking constantly can be a relief, but it's not the same thing as self-care. Right. It really isn't. It can be in the moment. It can be kind of like a Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Band-Aids are very useful, but real self-care involves an investment of time. Engagement. Not Engagement. Escaping. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it's planned. Yeah. And it's regular and consistent. And boy, is that tough. Man. Yeah. It is. Apparently so for, especially this past year, obviously, we all know we've had COVID and lots of different things going on. And I was looking at some different articles about it, and they said that two-thirds of people who are working have experienced burnout this past year, just mm. this past year. Wow. I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. COVID really took an impact on what, you know, how jobs work and how... Mm-hmm. I mean, working from home, when you think about that, can really impact your self-care because suddenly your office is in your bedroom or your living room and mm-hmm. you don't you don't leave the work at work because the work is at home. That is such a good point. And it's so ironic because I've had conversations with folks who didn't go home, who just kept working like they always did. For example, my husband, he's a police officer. They didn't go home. <laughs> they yeah. couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and the assumption is there that, well, you're working from home now, so that's very relaxing. You can do it in your pajamas, so that's good, you know. But you're right. Those boundaries that we have, that transition time between work and home life mm-hmm. and all that went away. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's also something to be said about the care required to get up and get dressed in the morning and to do your hair do your makeup even if it's just to go to the office you're putting i mean you're investing into your appearance right and you feel better and so when you're in pajamas or you know only half getting dressed for your zoom meetings (laughs) we kind of still feel 
like we're in bed or we're just, I mean, honestly, it reminds me of depression symptoms when you can't get out of bed and you can't shower or you can't put real clothes on. And and that's very real and valid, but it's almost like a feedback loop. Mm -hmm. So if you don't do those things or you don't do these things because you're depressed, but then you're more depressed because you don't do these things. Absolutely. And so taking that time to shower in the morning or to do your makeup or to put on something nice can break that feedback loop. And we don't realize that it's little things like that, that we're investing a little bit day by day into our self-care. It doesn't have to be a big girls getaway weekend, spa day, pay a lot of money, get your nails done, get a massage. It can be us investing little things throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Little things have a huge cumulative impact, especially on mood. Mm -hmm. They also impact focus and attention. And that's where I have really struggled. Well, I've struggled with mood too, but I cannot focus anyway. I mean, I have a hard time, (laughs) even in an office. It's better, you know, Um, and our jobs are really, we don't have as much structure maybe as some other folks. And so, you know, we have a lot of freedom and that sometimes messes with me. But so when I went home, now I had everything that I worry about, that I need to tend to, that I feel responsible for all in one place together. So for me, focusing was very hard. Prioritizing was very hard. And I happen to have three children and a nephew that I care for. And so they were all in the house with me. So what do I do first? Look at my voicemail, get that glass of milk, help that one with their homework, figure out that Zoom meeting, get dressed, feed my goats because you got to know I have a farm too. I mean, what do I do first? It was paralyzing. And when do you stop? Right. Like when does your work day ever stop? Because you've it's integrated into your home now. So Yeah, absolutely. So even the boundary of time, mm-hmm. you know, when you start, when you finish, um, I think lots of people's bedtimes were disrupted. Mm-hmm. Their regular morning routines. Um, we do take those things for granted. So it's a really good point you made that those small things really kind of equal sanity. Mm-hmm. They really do. Yeah. That's true. Even though it seems like when you're getting to do it every day and you have your eight to five, it seems like a, oh, I got to fix my hair again or whatever. But really, yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And even if your eight to five is a 11 to seven and yeah. you're working night shift, if it's consistent, you know, human beings really need that structure and that consistency. And so when we just kind of let things happen around us and we live reactively, then that is a cumulative stressor as well. Um, And that goes back to what we were talking about, really being intentional about our time Mm -hmm. and including self-care. And sometimes that self-care, like we said, can be small, um, routine things that get us ready for whatever we're going to deal with that day, put us, make us look like we want to feel or, or perform. But sometimes it can be growth, you know, things, new things we want to learn about. For me, quiet time with God is very mm-hmm. important. Yeah. I can tell when I don't do it. Mm-hmm. My whole life is impacted in very negative ways, and the people who live with me are impacted in very negative ways. And Jesus in the Bible, he even spent time in solitude and prayer, especially mm-hmm. after he was with multitudes of people. Absolutely. It's like he always took time to spend time in, in prayer. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that was a good example for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know what I think about sometimes? Because sometimes I want to run away. You know, sometimes I say it out loud and mm-hmm. I shouldn't when things are just really crazy at home. And I think about him going, I got to get in this boat. Mm-hmm. Come on. And he put his disciples in that boat and they went out to the middle of the water where nobody could reach them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus had boundaries. He, it didn't mean he loved the people that he was caring for and reaching any less. It meant that he knew for him to be as effective as he needed to be. He had to have some time mm-hmm. to rest, some time to be with his father and to pray. And he took his disciples with him because he knew they needed it too. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me, right? Right. right. <laughs> I want to camp out on that point just for a second about serving other people by serving ourselves. Because I think our culture, especially the culture of women, teaches us that it's selfish to pay attention to ourselves, to care for ourselves, especially those of us who are natural caregivers, and most women are, but some of us are especially focused on serving other people. We're the worst to burn out. We're the worst to to do the self-care thing because we're so focused on other people's needs. But what we fail to realize is if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of other people. That's right. Where my Enneagram 2 is at. <laughs> yeah hello yes um, i mean that's a so hard especially as an enneagram too but it, i mean anyone who's a caregiver of any kind whether you're a parent or maybe that's your job you're a nurse or i mean any kind of profession where we're we're helping other people it is so hard for us to value our own needs because everyone else just seems to have much bigger needs they do and those needs are more important and i can handle that later it doesn't work that way. It never works that way because when you start that, you start down that path. It, uh, I can handle that later. Oh yeah, no, I'll be okay. You're let me, let me take care of you because, <laughs> you know, you need it more than I do. Mm-hmm. We start to devalue our own needs, mm-hmm. and then we're left with nothing, and we don't have anything else to give. Right. I love that point right there. We don't have anything else to give. You can't give anything out of an empty bucket. There's just nothing there. And if you, I mean, everybody's going to relate to this. Just take a minute and think about when you've given and you've given and you've given, you start to unravel. Mm -hmm. If you're like me, I start being kind of ugly. I mean, I snap at people, um, you know, or I don't, for sure, don't give my best help, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know. Um, That's my, I guess that's the best case scenario. Um, And so we're really self-defeating when we don't practice self-care. And we're impacting all the people who are doing life with us. I always think about the uh, rules on the airplane, you know, where the oxygen masks are. There's a little sticker that says, if you have someone with you that you are responsible for caring for, place the oxygen mask first on yourself and then on them. And do you know why they do that? Why? So we think, oh, well, you know, you obviously do yourself first, then help them. But we don't really think, yeah, you you know, you can't help them if you pass out. But what happens before you pass out, if you're in low oxygen scenario, if your brain's not getting enough oxygen, it starts to make up some pretty crazy things. Mm-hmm. And so not only could you not be helpful to them, you could actually be hurtful. So if you're not getting the amount of oxygen you need, your help is not going to be helpful, but it might actually be hurtful. Absolutely. I think that, I mean, that applies super well. 
just in general because when like you said when we aren't taking care of ourselves and prioritizing our own needs it's so much easier for us to get irritable and snap or try to just fix whatever somebody else has going on and get past it so we can do our own thing Mm -hmm. and when we're not getting what we need a lot of times our help is can be hurtful mm-hmm. absolutely so let that switch around in your mind the best thing you can do for those you're serving is to take care of yourself even saying it out loud i feel yucky yeah <laughs> yeah even though i know it is true because we often think about self-care as like an indulgent thing like oh right. my gosh i'm gonna eat that cake or i'm gonna take this long hot bath and those are all good i'm not saying they're they're bad but we've got to really be mindful of our mental and physical health mm-hmm. too during that time where it'll be disastrous for you and everybody else involved absolutely so let's talk about some of the ways that we practice self-care i know we're not good at it but we know better so let's pretend like we're <laughs> pretend like we do this and talk about some of the ways that we practice self-care so people can have examples Mm -hmm. a big one for me is gardening i love growing plants i had a little baby strawberry this morning and it just made me so happy um and then you ate him i did (laughs) that was was really good (laughs) a little bitter could have let him let him grow for a little bit longer oh let's just call it an (laughs) it yeah that's better (laughs) But little things like that, I mean, having plants around my house, that way when I get up in the morning and I hate mornings and I go to my car, before I go to my car, I take a walk around my carport and I look at all my plants because they make me happy. And recognizing the joy I get in that and that it's okay to buy new plants and take care of them and, you know, it's... because it makes me happy not just to have them but to realize that it makes me happy and that so when i get out of my car in the afternoons i take that little lap nothing's really changed since morning but i take that little lap around my carport and i look at all my little plants and you know see what's blooming or what has new fruit or you know what needs water and it's just that kind of quiet moment in between work and my morning or in between work and my evening where I just kind of get a minute to myself, I look at my plants, and I'm happy. That's such a good example of what we really mean by self-care. I want to unpack it for just a second. So one of the really good features of something that is adequate self-care is that it does force you to go slower. Now, you can be pretty active in a garden, but the way that you're describing that, I mean, if you're too active, you're going to tear stuff up. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's a certain amount of care and stillness and intentionality that is required there. The other thing is you're noticing, you're stopping to notice the growth of a plant. Now, that does not happen fast. I wish it did. I look at my garden every day, too, and I'm going, come on, cucumbers, because I'm ready. Come Mm -hmm. on, zucchini, because I'm ready. (laughs) But it's going to do its thing in its own time. And so now I'm slowing down. And I'm patient, but I do see change. And so then there comes a sense of hope and expectation and growth. And those things are so good for the soul. And then just basic amazingness is your plants are giving you oxygen. Mm -hmm. And that is so cool because you need it. So that was a good example. What about you, Sarah? 
I like to spend time outside and just peace and quiet. I I tend to always put myself with people. Being alone freaks me out. And I get in my head when I'm alone. So I like to be around people a lot. And I've really had to adjust that since my husband works all the time now out of state and he's not home. So I'm at home a lot and by myself. And I've really come to enjoy that because I can go outside and go for a walk or just go sit outside or whatever and just have peacefulness and quietness and pray and meditate or read. And that's been a huge game changer for me as far as getting out of my own head space my negative headspace that's awesome and so sometimes we have to push ourselves into new territory Mm -hmm. to find the healing that we need because i think it's a natural human tendency to run and Mm -hmm. and avoid yeah you know and that's why distraction you know with mindless stuff is not the best Mm self-care i don't want to throw it completely in the trash because i love it Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but there's no substitute for stopping and and like you said going outside and listening to the birds or taking a minute to read and those things again require us to slow down they're probably gonna our whole bodies will slow down we'll engage in deeper breathing Mm -hmm. again giving us more oxygen you know just really feeding our soul and our bodies Mm -hmm. and these things are talked about in scripture all the time time. yeah Mm -hmm. whatsoever is beautiful Mm -hmm. lovely noble true you know um the prescription is there absolutely my happy is my goats i know i talk about them all the time but it really it could be any animal there's just something about going and bonding with with a creature i like the furry kind the best and so i go out there and i just pet my goats i look them over you know i know what their personalities are like and i'm just kind of watching to see if they're acting right and if everything's going well with them i also happen to have great pyrenees dogs out there with my herd and sometimes i just bury my face in their fur and just smell them they're little cotton no they're not little they're big no, old they're cotton big. balls they're big old cotton <laughs> balls but i just i love their earthy smell i love the warmth of them i just love the feeling of being with a creature that expects nothing <laughs> for well maybe some food every once in a while but it's just a quiet wonderful connection time for me and um you know i just, I, I do it several times a day and not just when i'm out working with the animals you know and doing the things i have to do but just extra time to slow down and it is during those times that i hear things from god that i wouldn't otherwise hear Mm -hmm. he reminds me of things i see things in the animals all the time that remind me of how much god loves me you know i I even write about it sometimes on a blog because his truth is everywhere if you look Mm -hmm. for it and especially the truth of how much he cares for us and loves us and i need reminders so that does a lot of good for my soul Yesterday, Amy told me about this park that I had never been to, and I had a choice. I could have either taken my kid to Walmart and gotten some stuff done that I needed to get done, but I thought, I just want to go to this park and see it. And it was an awesome experience because we just stopped, and we just did that, and we enjoyed the walk, and he was as happy as he could be. And instead of going in Walmart and being rushed around and doing something that he didn't want to do, it's like take time to smell the roses, people say, and... We just don't do that enough in this world. It's just constant go, go, go. And we have our social media and we have our everything on the go. So it's nice to just take a minute. 
you know, busy and productive are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we confuse those two things all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, we, you could have gone to Walmart and I guess check some things off your list, but, and that seems more productive. But that trip to the park with him, building your relationship with him, mm-hmm. investing in him and investing in you, you know, and seeing those beautiful birds and the beautiful nature was extremely productive, too. So sometimes we even have to change the way we view productivity and realize that those slower activities <laughs> that are, I don't know, require that stillness are really building something. We might not be able to see what it's building mm-hmm. right in that moment. It's not the same thing as having a, a cart full of groceries. Yeah. But those things are more eternal. And they're they're even stronger, and they provide stronger benefits. Yeah, you talk about just being out in nature. And a few weeks ago, I was able to go up into the mountains of North Carolina. And one of my favorite places there is just beautiful waterfall. And there's a rock right at the bottom that I just love to. I just go there and I sit. And you know, whoever I go with usually will hike up to the top of the waterfall, and I just stay at the bottom because my favorite moments are just that quiet with the spray of the water on my face and just resting and you know there's natural benefits to that as well and the air and things like that but we don't get that a lot we don't always have our place of solitude we can go you know mine is six hours away from me Mm -hmm. and so we kind of have to build that into our lives in different ways whether it's going to the park or being out with the goats or walking around the carport looking at my plants you know we just have to be intentional though right we can't just wait on those moments to happen to us i want to give a shout out to my girlfriends and boyfriends who don't like nature though (laughs) yeah (laughs) because i really i have some friends who are like "Mm -mm, outside is not my thing Mm -hmm. Um, so i don't want to paint the picture that you just have to do our self-care i mean you know and that um, you have to go outside or you have to have plants or something. Um, there are other things that give us oxygen. And this reminds me of my little girl, Anna, who is an artist. And from the time she has been a baby, color has just delighted her, you know, and she would find it everywhere. I mean, she would get obsessed with the rug at the doctor's office. It just the patterns, even textures of things. And she paints beautiful pictures and it's just in her soul. And so her self-care can just be even putting different marks down on a paper with different colors of markers, mm-hmm. you know, or she like has these boxes of material. <laughs> She'll go in there and just look <laughs> at the fabric and play in the fabric. Or she's got this thing of buttons. And she just looks at the buttons, and she'll have it all lined up and just kind of spend time with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so your self-care is about you. Mm-hmm. It can be as individual and quirky and peculiar as you are, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to try it out and figure out what works. You know, it, it took me a while, and some people really pointing out, look, you need to do something that makes you happy. Mm-hmm for me to be observant about what makes me happy. And once I realize that, then I can be intentional about doing it. But you have to find the thing that works for you because what works for me might stress Amy out. Oh, yes. and (laughs) (laughs) um, Especially if it has technology and stuff with mm -hmm. it. I don't know. So, like, I love to crochet. That stresses me out. That's right. (laughs) And I have, you know, my roommate, you know, I was like, 
she was really stressed. I was like, oh, well, let me teach you how to crochet. Like, it's, I will sit in front of a TV and I will just go for hours. And it just keeps my hands busy and I, I mean, I can relax. And I mean, it was to the point where, like, when I was in therapy, I would be so anxious. I would take my, I had a little crochet bag at the time and I would take my bag and I would pull my blanket out and I would work on it in therapy because it kept my hands busy and it kept me calm and I could talk. Rachel, on the other hand, I hand her a crochet hook and some yarn and she starts panicking and getting stressed and, oh no, I have to get mm-hmm. this done. I have to do this right. I have to, and it just, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And so we can both be doing the exact same thing and she's getting worked up and I'm calming down. Mm-hmm. And so you got to, I mean, like you really just, it's trial and error. You got to find what works for you. Mm-hmm. I, we just want to give you permission to get to know yourself. Yeah. So many of us don't do that. Mm-hmm. We don't ever take time to find out what we really enjoy. And I think the main point is that as long as it's engaging and energizing mm-hmm. um, instead of distracting and numbing, there you go. Then it's okay, whatever that might be for you. Mm-hmm. So I hope you can get some joy from the conversation if you're listening to us about the thought of exploring these things, whether simple or complicated, that make you happy, that engage you, that can fuel your fire and help you help other people better. Yeah, I mean, that is that is a huge part of preventing burnout. Amen. And, and we talked about that a little bit at the beginning, and I want to kind of come back to that and just really hit on what burnout is. Because we throw that word around a lot. But, I mean, if you're anything like me, I'm like, no, I'm not burnt out. I'm fine. I'm doing, I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. And then you start listing, this, listing the, you know, the signs and symptoms of burnout. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that's me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. Got that one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sarah, I think you've got that pulled up. Well, I mean, work for most people mm-hmm. is like a source of passion and energy and happiness and fulfillment but when you reach burnout it's a source of stress and anxiety and exhaustion Mm -hmm. and it can look like you know disengaging from your family or your whoever you work with and it can look like over doing it saying yes to too many things and then not doing it it can look like a bunch of different things Mm -hmm. um yeah isolation is one big red flag that's the extreme version of what sarah's talking about are you fantasizing about running away to the middle of nowhere and being in a cabin all by yourself (laughs) yes i am says amy that's a that's a warning sign it's a red flag Mm -hmm. of burnout because that's not who i am i love my relationships i love my kids you know i love caring for my animals on my farm but i i do fantasize sometimes about running away and i mean the length of stay varies (laughs) depending on how close i am to burnout so yeah that's a that's a good one a professional definition is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. Mm-hmm. So, signs of physical and emotional exhaustion. We have chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. So, you, you may just feel tired all the time. You wake up, you sleep eight hours, but you're still exhausted. Mm-hmm. Insomnia. So, you're exhausted, but you can't sleep. Forgetfulness, impaired concentration, and attention. Mm-hmm. So you're working, you can't focus, you start forgetting things, you miss deadlines, and then you have physical symptoms. So it could be chest pain, heart palpitations, shortness of breath, 
gastrointestinal pain, dizziness, fainting, or headaches. And if you're having physical symptoms, see your primary care doctor, first of all, because we want to make sure it's not something else. But it can be attributed to stress. Loss of appetite. Forget to eat. Get meals. Anxiety. Um, so you may have more tension, worry, edginess, depression. Uh, feeling sad and hopeless. You may feel guilt or worthlessness or even just th- that lack of feeling. And that wanting to stay in bed an extra hour or two and, or not wanting to get up and get dressed and, and go to work. Anger or irritability, which can be signs of, ang- of anxiety as well. And then you start to lose enjoyment in whether it's your job or other things. Pessimism, mm-hmm. uh, negative self-talk, isolation, detachment. And I mean, it, the list goes on until so we start seeing... When you start seeing more of these symptoms, we realize how big of a problem burnout can be. So it really does affect everything you do. Absolutely. And there, I always like to make the distinction in this discussion between burnout and compassion fatigue, because I think people use those two things interchangeably. Mm-hmm. And especially since I know we attract a certain kind of audience, probably mm-hmm. people who uh, a lot of our listeners I know are in the helping profession. And compassion fatigue is a more acute situation. It can be more extreme. Not, I don't want to say it's more damaging, but it involves borrowing trauma. You, you don't intend to do that. But when we deal with people who are in traumatic situations over and over again, there's a secondary trauma mm-hmm. that happens. And that is going to occur when we do things like not have good boundaries when we don't practice self-care that's adequate, and um, maybe isolate and don't um, let other people help us carry that burden. You know, we are a team. The Faith-Based Initiatives team carries each other's burdens. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we definitely respect confidentiality, but we tell stories and we collaborate because that's too much to bear alone when we're hearing people tell us their um, darkest thoughts Um, When we're seeing what happens to people, it's so hurtful, the abuse that we encounter and all kinds of things, compassion fatigue is a real possibility. Um, But with appropriate self-care, appropriate boundaries, teamwork, we can avoid that. Burnout can happen in any profession. Um, and, and, you know, some of the same things are connected to it, though, as we've talked about. Boundary issues, overworking ourselves, um, neglecting self-care, those things are um, all going to lead to burnout. So practical steps. What do you do if you're feeling these things? I was looking a little bit about that earlier. There were some graphs about the number one thing people did was reach out to friends and family. That mm-hmm. was the highest percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing to do, obviously, we know is seek professional help counseling therapy Um, I thought it was interesting that in this study um, that I was reading it was like uh, 85% of people um, consider behavioral health benefits when they're taking a job and 81% reported barriers to behavioral health benefits Mm. a lot of times so I think it's important to remember that when you're working most places have you know employee assistance programs and things like that to help you mm-hmm. um and have people that you can talk to yeah and it's there's no shame in using those i know a lot of people are scared to use um their eap benefits 
because they're afraid of letting their boss or HR know that they're not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the same way that you use your health insurance, you can use that EAP benefit and there's not shame in that. Absolutely. And there is confidentiality. So what? even if you're doing it through your work, you're seeking behavioral services through your work, your counselor is not going to go back and tell HR, oh, well, this is what they're struggling with or this is what they talked about because there's still confidentiality there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and own the right to be adaptive enough to utilize the resources available mm-hmm. to you. Go in with confidence. I know it's so easy for me to say that and hard to do it, but, I mean, that is strong. Mm-hmm. It's so much stronger to seek help. And, I mean, your employer would rather you do that than lose you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, march right into that HR office and let them know I'd like to take advantage of this benefit. You don't have to tell them what's going on mm-hmm. at all. And it may just be through your insurance. True. And so you, all you have to do is provide your insurance card. Um, you know, just talk to the providers in your area and see what's, what you have to do. It's It can be an intimidating process, but really, once you start asking questions, the providers are more than willing to help you navigate that. Absolutely. And you can find providers, whether on Psychology Today's website or your insurance company's website, or through your HR department. I mean, there are a lot of different places, and there are even online counseling services now that hire licensed professionals for telehealth. Mm-hmm. So definitely take advantage of that. Take advantage of the resources. Um, and a, you know, a big thing we try to do is break down stigma. There's no shame in asking for help. We all need it. We see a doctor when we have a sinus infection. It's no different than when we're experiencing burnout for us to seek professional help. Absolutely. And part of a good self-care plan is recognizing when it needs to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. That when you do need to utilize your resources and get some extra eyes on your situation. And that's all it is. Mm-hmm. So thanks for coming along with us on this conversation. We're glad you're here. And be sure to take some time this week and find something that will be restful for you and that will fill your cup. As always, be sure to subscribe on your podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. And we'll be back next week with another conversation and stories of hope. As always, we just want to remind you that we we do do recover. recover.